from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast वाराणसी However all the court has done for now is strike down a petition that sought the dismissal of a plea filed by five Hindu women the five women have sought permission to conduct daily worship of the shringar gauri and other deities in the gyanvyapi mosque compound next to the kashi vishwanath temple the court basically held that the petition by the five women couldn't be struck down under the places of worship act or other laws a court will now continue hearing the plea by the five women Both sides have also taken the matter to the state's high court. Meanwhile, another petition is pending before the Supreme Court that wants the places of worship law to be struck down. Shadan Farasat is an advocate in the Supreme Court and has appeared in multiple cases linked to law and religion across courts. In today's episode, we discuss the impact this verdict has on the Places of Worship Act, which was supposed to prevent trials like this. We also discuss why the scope for compromise in such issues has reduced and why the Supreme Court needed to have taken a stronger stand in the Gyanvyapi case when it heard the matter earlier in July. Shadan started by explaining the issues that he had with the Varanasi court's verdict. There are two findings. The first finding is that the plaintiffs are not intending to change the religious character of the place they are only seeking to worship now that according to me makes no sense because if you are going to worship a god other than uh, what is being worshiped in the mosque that is of a different religion then effectively you are changing religious character of that mosque just like in a hindu temple you can't be offering namaz similarly in a mosque inside or outside it you can't be offering prayers of another religion it's trying to do the same thing but just using a different semantics or language and the fact that the trial court has bought that argument uh, just seems to be to be quite disingenuous it does not make sense that's a first error second is and this is a larger issue they have said till, till 1993 they were worshiping you know outside the mosque they were offering some prayers and in 1993 the state administration stopped them and therefore uh, it is their pleading in effect that as of 1947 they were offering uh prayers uh outside now that is taken by the trial court to mean that really as of 47 they were in fact offering prayers as a temple uh and two problems with that kind of a reasoning firstly it contradicts the first part of the reasoning right in assuming the plain, uh, pleading to be correct the trial court is assuming that what the plaintiffs are saying is that in 1947 this place was a temple but that's how the a uh, requirement of changing a religious character post 47 does not apply so it contradicts the first reasoning which i just discussed and second you know it's very easy to make a pleading i i can or anybody can file a suit about any religious place in this country somebody can file a suit on about jama masjid 
and say that Jama Masjid, in fact, was a temple as of 1947. It was people who were offering prayers. And that's good enough then to maintain the suit and the Places of Worship Act goes out of the window. The purpose of the act is to basically nip in the butt all these kinds of litigations, which effectively will attempt to change the religious character of place from A to B and therefore cause public mischief by creating divisiveness in the society in the present day. Now, if you were to allow this kind of a reasoning, that is, you plead whatever in the plaint and that's good enough, then anybody can file, somebody can file a, uh, you know, a suit about, uh, just I think we can let our imaginations run wild. You can file anything and then it will have to be a full-fledged trial based on that. Just because in the plaint you have alleged that as of 47, this was not a temple but a mosque, or it was not a church but a mosque, or it was a, not a church but a temple, you know, you can see the possibilities. They are just uh, unlimited. So I think on all these three counts, the judgment of the trial court actually is quite uh, incorrect. You mentioned the Places of Worship Act, but uh, could you talk about how this affects that intent and how effective the law has been in preventing such disputes over religious sites so far? The Places of Worship Act was a response to bringing down of the Babri Masjid, which uh, happened in the early 90s. So the parliament took an informed call that, boss, we cannot allow these kind of similar disputes to fester as it causes a massive amount of problems in our present-day society. Now, that is why the intent was that, okay, now this Babri Masjid incident has happened. That will be decided in suits which are already pending since 1948. But for all future disputes, uh, basically, this is a full stop. You're not going to allow this to fester. It's a wound which will take the country in a direction which is totally undesirable for a modern country with, uh, with a multicultural, plural history. Uh, and especially layers of history. You know, it's not as if some, some proponents who are very uh, aggressive today about Hawaii Places of Worship Act, uh, according to them, is a problem. Uh, miss out the fact that it's not as if the Indian history began with the Mughal history. The Indian history is 5,000 years old. And there have been layers and layers of history. And there was, at one point in time, uh, Ashoka, who eventually was a Buddhist emperor. India was predominantly, or at least in large parts, Buddhist. So there are Buddhist shrines, which uh, thereafter would have been either treated as Hindu temples. Even those kind of claims can be raised. If, if Places of Worship Act is not there, all those claims become open because Places of Worship Act is effectively religion agnostic. It says irrespective of which religion, doesn't matter. It is that you're not going to reopen these things. So I think there is a, it, it seeks to prevent these kind of mischievous litigations. And I think it has a very good purpose, therefore, so that in our present day society, we don't fight over 5,000 years of history. If you want to fight over 5,000 years of history and undo it today, I think it's not too difficult to imagine the kind of serious divisiveness, potentially even violence that it can lead to. So that is the purpose. And if that is the purpose and intent, then the courts have to realize that, listen, if you're going to allow these litigations to continue and pursue for years together, 15, 20 years, like a full trial, then what's the purpose of the act? The purpose of the act is fully defeated. What happens in a society where, you know, you don't have this act because we did exist without it. I mean, like you said, we are trying to prevent such mischievous litigation. But what happens with the ineffective places of worship act? Until the 80s, there was a consensus mm. that, listen, we are not going to fight over these things. 
Now, the whole issue, the way the Ayodhya issue was politically raised, both initially also by the Congress party, because it was under Rajiv Gandhi's governments that the locks were open. And then, of course, capitalized very heavily by the BJP thereafter. And that was their sort of arrival in the national moment. But up till the 80s, there was a consensus with or without the act that this is not something we as a country are going to engage in. The act was really not necessary. But when that consensus broke down with the kind of aggressive politics we saw around Babri Masjid and Ayodhya, then there was a need to limit it through a law. And that is why uh, that law was brought in. But uh, if the law is not put into effect, I mean, I it's not too difficult to imagine the kind of, uh, you know, uh, continuous dispute, genuine, non-genuine, all kinds of disputes that are going to continue uh, going into the future. There can be all kinds of disputes and people who feel that this is just a mechanism to target one religion will be surprised that, in fact, uh, our history is so long that what they feel is a weapon in their hand may actually be used for targeting their very religious side, which today the Places of Worship Act, in fact, protects. One more thing that has come up with with this case and with even other incidents, the issue that's always been cited is the fact that people need to adjust in a sense and that if there is a, a sort of consensus, like you said, between minorities and the majority groups or two communities, things can just sort of be sort of equalized and it'll be fine. Uh, is that for one feasible in this kind of environment? And what are the challenges with trying to do that? The possibility of a negotiation happens when you are in a somewhat of an equal position or at least largely equal position. You can't have a negotiation when one side has a uh, you know, back behind the wall and the other side is being hyper-aggressive. So in that kind of a situation, it's really no negotiation at all. It's in effect a bullying, right? You are basically bullying out somebody who is much weaker in today's political context and telling them you basically you give it up or, uh, you know, or we have the majoritarian political power and we are going to anyways take it. So that's not negotiation. The point generally is that today there is basically a, 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 an attempt to target religious places of um, uh, of uh, of Muslim groups in all sorts of disingenuous ways, which there was to, uh, up till now there was no disputes. All those Eidgar disputes which are arising in Karnataka, you have elections coming up, and suddenly you see there was. Have you ever heard in the seventy five years of any dispute on the Eidgar? No, you haven't. But suddenly, you know, in twenty twenty two, this comes up, and so there is a very aggressive move to target. Uh, uh, Muslim community in particular and their religious places of worship in general and by a certain section for political advantage and uh, which also suits whatever their ideological trajectory is. And therefore, in that context, to really agree upon uh, something as a mechanism of, uh, you know, settlement, it does not seem likely. I mean, you know, Whatever one's view on uh, the Babri Masjid Ayodhya judgment, I mean, everybody who didn't like the judgment or did not agree with the conclusion still accepted it. Why? Because you thought, okay, this was going to be the, this, this is a long festering dispute. It has now ended. I don't like the outcome. Big deal. I move on with my life and, you know, you continue. But what has happened thereafter? Look, you have so many other disputes being brought up of all kinds. It's not as if, you know, if one concession were to sort of settle these issues for good, 
then one can understand that that's a peaceful settlement amongst different groups in the society and it's worth making that effort. But if the attempt really is to keep on politicizing indefinitely because that's your ideological trajectory and you also make political capital out of it, then it doesn't make any sense for uh, you know one to settle because you're only going to be pushed down that line further. The fact that you have petitions now at various stages of the judicial system on the Places of Worship Act, you have this in the trial courts, there are potentially more such petitions coming in trial courts. There is a petition in the Supreme Court as well, which is pending. Should, like, say, the higher judiciary be intervening at this point and saying that, you know, like how we combine cases together? I think the the error insofar as the error had to happen has already happened at the level of the Supreme Court. I think in this uh, Gyanwapi mosque itself, at the hearing which was held in earlier this year, when the question was whether the suit could have gone, I think the issue had to be nipped in the bud there itself. And the Supreme Court having really lost that opportunity, I think uh, now either they settle the law and say you have to do it at an earlier stage because... Like I said, otherwise the act serves no purpose. What's the point of putting all those litigations together? They're going to have different bunch of facts, allegations, counter-allegations, different sites, etc. None of that is going to make a difference if the real point of the act, which is to stop this litigation right at the beginning, is itself uh, not adhered to, which I think uh, Supreme Court should have done earlier this year, but they missed that opportunity. Are these the issues that courts should be dealing with or was this something the lawmakers should have dealt with? The lawmakers, in fact, have dealt with it. They passed the Places of Worship Act. And that's why I said it was the failure of the Supreme Court earlier this year not to nip it in the bud. Unlike Ayodhya, where the issue may have been political, there was no law. And therefore, it was thrown into the court's area and the court was required to decide something for which they really, it was effectively a political slash religious dispute couched in the form of a title suit. It was a difficult task in that sense for the court. Here, post-Babri, the parliament had taken a call, had passed an act, and it was the to- job of the Supreme Court and the courts, all the courts below, to actually implement that act. And unfortunately, that has not happened. So this is not a case where actually the lawmakers had not taken a, a view. Lawmakers had taken a very clear view. Unfortunately, in the manner in which that act is sought to be now, in my view, wrongly interpreted, that action of the lawmakers is being undone by the courts. And that's unfortunate. And what are the outcomes that we can expect when you have so many such petitions being filed across the country? How do you see this going forward? I don't have a gaze into the future. So it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen. What's obvious is that each and every outcome will be different. But what's obvious is that it is only going to vitiate the atmosphere as these proceedings continue because there are going to be continuous discussions on these issues as the litigation continues. And we live in a time of social media. You will have propaganda videos circulated. This is basically just fodder for making a society further divided. And uh, it's going to help some groups uh, with their political agenda, but it's just unfortunate for a country as a whole. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, 
ईमेल एस एट टी वाई पॉडकास्ट एट टाइम्स इंटरनेट डॉट इन